If you want to grow revenue, one of the key roles is the job of the Sales Development Representative, or SDR. How is the SDR role evolving during the current economic crisis? What can we learn that will help us grow revenue? This week, we're joined by James Buckley, Director of Sales Execution and Evolution with J. Barrow Sales Training. Don't let the title fool you. James is a practitioner that also trains. In addition to helping teams of SDRs maximize their success, James works every day in the SDR role himself. What does that mean? Today, you're going to get fresh, relevant information that will help you grow your sales. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies grow revenue. While we continue to experience uncertainty in the economy as local marketplaces try to deal with the COVID-19 crisis, one thing remains certain, and that is the resolve of forward-thinking business leaders to focus on creating a sustainable and profitable future. There is no doubt these are challenging times. However, if you are listening to this podcast, you're making an investment in yourself. You are a world changer. And right now, the world needs you to continue to drive towards the future. Today, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has picked up a copy of the Revenue Growth Engine book and left a review on Amazon. I'm so grateful for the way you are helping spread the word. The message of revenue growth is something critical for companies navigating through the current economic challenges. Part of driving toward the future is growing new business. A key role in net new business growth is that of the sales development representative. Right now, the SDR role is evolving. James Buckley joins us today to discuss the tension between quantity and quality when prospecting. He explores some of his latest experiments with using platforms like video to prospect. He also talks about ways SDRs can be unique in today's down economy. You're going to appreciate the practical nature of this conversation. So grab a pen and a notepad and let's join James Buckley. James, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, and you heard in the introduction, I mean, James is uh, one of the world's foremost experts in this SDR position. He's an all-around great guy, sales expert. Every time I talk to you, there are great ideas and insights that just seem to just ooze out of of. of everything that you do. And so I know our audience is absolutely going to love this. So I'm so glad that you're here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Again, this is, uh, you, you know, we've been close for a long time. Larry and I go way back and congratulations again on the book. I feel like this is a long time coming for you. So I'm really happy to see you winning out there. 
Oh, man, I appreciate it. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is, as I was really looking forward to our conversation today, obviously, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we've, we've uh, gone through and we're actually still going through a bit of a crisis um, yeah. in the world right now. It's an understatement. Um, and it's definitely, I mean, it's had an effect everywhere. Uh, but and it's made a lot of shifts. But you sit, you know, and you work with SDRs. You're an SDR. You're on the phone. You're, you're working lead generation on social, all of that. Um, I'm just really curious from your perspective, when you look at where we are right now and you kind of look at where we might be going, how is the SDR role changing? Yeah, so we know that SDR probably took the biggest hit, um, you know, late March. I feel like if you look back at the data, you'll see that there were many, many people in that original like set of 3 million people that got laid off. Many of them were SDRs, AEs, sales reps, sales professionals in general. But the SDR role is truly on the chopping block right now. And I think it's because we're starting to see a separation between SDRs that do meaningful outreach that is relevant and timely and personalized and KPI and metric hitters. Those are two different mm-hmm. groups of mm-hmm. SDRs that are out there. And at one point in time, I would say eight months or more back, you could say that both of them were pretty equal in value. A metric hitter would be able to consistently come in and do 120 dials and set four meetings every day. And you know whether or not those meetings closed, the kind of ratios were iffy and, and scratchy. Uh, And then at the other side of it, you had this quality rep that maybe only reached out to 25, 30 things a day. They had a low activity, but their win rate was really high. So we're starting to see this, like, which one do I want to gravitate towards mentality Mm -hmm. and leadership? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're seeing an increase in a need for SDR that is whichever one you might lean towards, and a decrease in SDR leadership. And I think the reason for that is because from a financial perspective, we're seeing leadership look at the pay scale and say, well, I could probably let go of a VP of sales that's really high paid and just kind of give my top ranking SDR or AE or sales rep a good little boost and save a little money, pay him a little less, he'll do the same job, right? Hmm. You might say this is a little unethical, But from a business perspective, if you're trying to keep your doors open, you got to make hard decisions. Welcome to to business. That's a tough life to live. But at the SDR level, we're seeing this separation between those two groups and the businesses are just deciding which one they want to lean on. Do I want metric hitters? Do I want people that are really going to learn about their prospects and deliver solid, consistent, meaningful outreach? Well, so you have the quantity SDR, you have the quality SDR. I think I know which side you lean on, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, it, it is, um, it's, it's, it's one of the, I, I, I really believe that right now, and I, I believe this for a long time. I said this years ago. And, uh, it, in fact, it's probably 20 years ago. Uh, we used to talk about commission breath, right? I mean, people can smell insincerity. They can smell sure. um, not only just insincerity, but they can smell people that just really don't have anything to offer, that they're just, you know, talking head. Uh, my friend, our friend, Larry Levine calls it the empty suit, right? Um, yeah. And, but from an SDR perspective, um, if, you're a, if you're a quantity person, there's no time. There's no time. If you're going to bang out that many sequences, phone calls, you know, email follow up. There's no time to to do that. So how, you know, tell me what life looks like on the quality side 
of the SDR world? Yeah, so I think that we are looking for a comfortable balance between the two, but it is really hard to manage those Mm. things. So very naturally, because of this crisis, we are coming together. Those two groups are starting to merge, and we're starting to see this need for how is that what is the best way to manage a pipeline at the SDR level? And then where do we draw the line? Uh, so there's the relationship between SDR and account executive starting to come into focus a little bit more and become this center point for leadership to say, how does this function in the best way? Mm-hmm. From a personalization standpoint, you can only personalize so much before you start to take that hit in quantity. And then at the same time, you start to go up in quantity, you start to lose that quality. So there's this, so there's this metric of like 50 to 80 touches a day, mostly personalized messaging. I I'll tell you the way that I managed it a couple Thursdays ago, I I decided everybody's sending plain text asking for 15 and 30 minutes of people's time. I'm going to use Vidyard and I'm going to turn my camera on and I'm going to send a, a 60 second video or less to every prospect I speak with today that I reach out to today. Uh-huh. And I scheduled by the end of a 12 hour period after that 90 of, after those 90 messages went out, I had scheduled six meetings and four of them were enterprise. Boom. Well, you say, boom, I say, why isn't that return rate higher? Those were really, Ah, those okay. were those were those were really meaningful messages. I customized them. I used I, I went and I did like a couple minutes of research, read their profiles, yeah, checked out their yeah, job descriptions, yeah. talked about their title and role, looked at their company, mentioned a recent event at the company, but the re- reply rates are still relatively low. Here's why: everyone's putting out fires. If you're an SDR in a down economy today, you have to be so different and unique. Everything about what you do has to be something that is a pattern interrupt, something that changes Mm -hmm. what they typically see. We talk about this kind of stuff a lot when we talk about things like voicemails. Every voicemail starts the same. Hi, this is James with JB Sales Training. I do and we would like and when can we connect and blah, blah, blah. Instead, do it the other way. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm calling because I think you're the best person to talk with. The reason I think that is because I looked at your profile and I see that your job is to manage the SDR team. My name's James. Please call me back 305-632-6005. That's my cell. Again, James, 305-632-6005. That right, that's actually myself. For those of you listening, please call me. Uh, (laughs) if 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 you really break it down into that pattern interrupt frame, of course, I got a better reply rate from 90 videos than I got from two weeks of emails, you know, back, you know, back a week ago, last week, yeah. the week before. So it's all about this like comfortable balance between quality and quantity. I might templatize a portion of my emails, but the rest of it is going to be very tailored to that business, that persona, that role, that responsibility set, mm-hmm. because I want that person to see the preview in their inbox and say, he definitely wrote that for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, obviously listening into the revenue growth podcast, we have sales professionals, we have marketing professionals as well. Sure. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Nigel Green, uh, wrote a book called Revenue Harvest. Love that book. It's become one of my favorite sales management books. But what uh, one of the things that just jumped off the page in Nigel's book was he said, you know, I think SDRs should sit next to the marketing department. Like they should be in the same room. Now, obviously, uh, 
that's not possible unless they're going to move in together since we're all working out of virtual offices uh, for the most part. But I thought that was a pretty, I'd never thought of that before. Like how powerful to have marketing sitting, like overhearing everyone like cross pollinating the message, right? Because there's got to be a pattern interrupt and the pattern interrupt can't be the same old garbage, you know, that we've been spewing. Uh, can't, it's got to be fresh. It's got to be relevant. And uh, who better to put in the same room than marketing and SDRs? Do you agree? Well, so that is a question that I've asked multiple companies at multiple levels, multiple leaders. Yeah. Where do you feel the SDR sits? Most companies will tell you that the SDR sits at the beginning of the sales cycle. Well, okay. Other companies will tell you, no, they sit at the end of the marketing cycle. I believe these, I believe they are one in the same. They are both the end of a marketing cycle and the beginning of a sales cycle. So my prediction is that by the end of this whole, this whole year, we will see the emergence of two different kinds of SDRs, an inbound SDR that handles all things contextual, no matter what that looks like. We'll see them reaching out because thanks for downloading a white paper will be how they start their conversation. Right. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for filling out that form. I'm calling to find out more information about what you're looking for. It will be very straight to business because that's an expected warm marketing qualified lead phone call versus the outbound SDR who's reaching out to people that have no context whatsoever, trying to get attention and create interest in someone. That is a completely different kind of conversation and it's a totally different role altogether because it requires Mm -hmm. a very specific skill set. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. You know, it's interesting when I was writing Revenue Growth Engine, um, and I, if my history, I've 17 years, uh, well, 27 years in sales, 17 years of that, I've owned a marketing agency. And so I, I, I really, I had a foot in both worlds. I was doing sales training and also had a team of people doing, oh, so it was websites, then search engines, then social, then inbound marketing, right? So we yeah. all... We all listened to uh, good old, you know, Matt Dixon was on the podcast uh, last month and we all grabbed onto that. Buyers are 57% of the way through the buying cycle before engaging a salesperson on average. And, uh, you know, we said, hey, you know, we need to put, uh, we need to put inbound SDRs there, you know, on the spot, watching the website, waiting for the chat, looking for who's coming by and and all that. And there's certainly some validity to that. But I, what I've come to believe is that, especially in B2B sales, and that's the world that, that I live in. I know it's, it's the world that, that most of us live in. Yeah. We, we, if, if you know who your ideal client is, then you don't need a lead. You already know who the people are. So yes, let's have some inbound marketing, of course. But when I wrote Revenue Growth Engine, I said this, the core thing companies in the B2B space need are outbound marketing combined with outbound selling. Because once again, if you know who your ideal clients are and you're in a you know specific industry or geo territory and, and you know the list, the issue is not waiting for somebody to just swim by and hopefully bite on your lure that you've put out there. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's that you've got to be proactively engaging with insight, value and all of that. And that's what, you know, I love about you and, and listening to the differentiation there between the inbound SDR and the outbound um, SDR, I think it's really powerful. And you need to, if you haven't already write a book on that topic, because I think there's a really important differentiation. I think the SDR world um, 
in a lot of companies now has, you know, it's so funny. We had salespeople waiting for the leads from the SDR. I think in some companies we have SDRs waiting for leads from marketing, right? And every company. No, that's every yeah. company. If you, if you ask SDRs that miss their numbers consistently, I didn't get enough why leads. they miss their numbers, <laughs> right. they will tell you, it's all cold, man. I, I don't get anything. I have to go out there and find it myself. It takes time. It takes effort. I have to build that trust before I can get them on a call. And then what if I spend three months getting them on a call and they're not even interested in the product? What have I done in that moment? I've wasted all that time. So there's this element of like understanding the fact that an yes. outbound, a true outbound SDR might have a very small KPI to hit, but they are very impactful. When it goes, it's revenue that's unexpected. That's right. That, that didn't come from a pipeline that generated a nurture campaign and got somebody engaged in the product and had them download a white paper and checked off a couple boxes that said, this person should be contacted. That didn't happen. This individual found the company, did the research, reached out to the right persona, built a relationship, started trust between those two individuals and uncovered an opportunity that allowed him to provide value. That is a much longer, more detailed and difficult process than thanks for filling out a white paper. Yeah, but it's so much more powerful. I was, years ago, I read uh, Keith Eads' book. Keith Eads uh, is uh, Canadian. He's up in Toronto, so you know he's smart. Um, inside Canadian joke, for the record. Um, and I can do the rest of the podcast in Canadian if you need me to, eh? So, in Canadian, um, I like that. Yeah, that's true. Did you know I actually was born and raised in Canada? So I was, in fact, this week has been so much fun. When launching the book, um, we were able to get bestseller status in the United States, which, by the way, thank you to everybody that listens to the podcast that, that got the book and left a reference. Uh, if you Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you endorsed the book and it means the world to me. But um, what, what was my favorite part of the week is we got bestseller status in Canada. <laughs> so yeah, Amazing, uh, man. Yeah, it was, it was great. So um, thank you to all of our Canadian friends up there. But uh, anyhow, where was I going? Keith Eads in Canada wrote a book years ago. It was called The New Solution Selling. And he said something in that book that really grabbed my attention and has defined my philosophy ever since then. He said, look, there's two types of needs. There's felt need, like it's there, it's real. And guess what? They went online, they requested a contact, they downloaded the whiteboard, right. whatever. But but for every person that has a felt need that's right there at the surface, that's urgent, there's two dozen that have latent needs. They're real, it's affecting their business, it's affecting them personally. All they yeah. need is somebody with the pattern interrupt and the insight to bring that need right up to the surface. And that's what SDRs can do, should do. And I, I think, you know, it takes a bit of quality there, right? It takes a little bit of research, a little bit of business acumen, a little bit of... Um, Take some communication, Daryl. I feel yeah. the biggest problem for this relationship is that the communication level isn't there. An SDR has somebody reach out to them and says, I'm interested in learning more about your product. And instead of saying, this is typical, instead of saying, great, let's hop on a call and we'll ask a few questions, get to know each other and see if there's a fit for what we do. Instead, they go, great, let me introduce you to my account executive. And yeah. then they go, here's a qualified meeting. Well, whoa, whoa. You, don't, you don't really know if that's qualified or not. That is a good, that's a great reason right. because what they see is one more demo. They, I'm going to add that because I'm one step closer to my goal of X amount of qualified calls scheduled for an account executive. That's what they see. Instead, the answer should be, well, what are you interested about it? 
let's connect on a call and I'm happy to answer any questions you might have and we'll see if this is actually something that you want to talk about. All right, cool. Now I have an opportunity to schedule 15 minutes, a half an hour. What was it about the product that interested you? What problem are you trying to solve? Do you have a time frame that you're working with? I try to avoid Bant because I feel like that's overused, but right. you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of great questions you could ask a prospect that's inbound asking you for information that will tell you whether or not this is something that needs a deeper look. And then they have to decide. I heard somebody say this once and I'll never remember who it is because I hear so much great stuff out there. But like, I heard somebody say once that no one's ever really sold anything. Their prospect checked a box that said, I trust this person. I like this product. So I'm going to buy it. Right. So you have these closers out there that are like, I'll get anyone to sign. Well, that might be true. Not really. You provide, you provide a great path to value, but right. that customer still decided on you. They made the choice. That's part of being an SDR is closing on them, making the choice to move to the next stage right? Is this worth a deeper look? I can set you up with Billy and he's free on this date. Let me send you an invite mm -hmm. instead of sure. You're interested. Let me introduce you to Billy. Billy's going to come back to you and be like, bro, oh, it's a company of three people that doesn't even qualify for right. our, like, what are you doing? That's not, that's not, that's not who we shoot for. That person doesn't even have the job. Like, what are you doing? I don't need yeah. that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, oh, so good. I just, I'm just going back to the marketing's not sending our SDRs enough leads. That's funny. Well, but it's so true, marketing, right? Let, well, so let's talk about how marketing can help SDRs generate demand because I feel confident that the biggest problem that we have in this economy, a down economy, is that the personal brand is so much more trusted than the corporate brand. Mm. But too often, marketers will feel like they're losing control over the brand if they allow their reps to go out and start creating content. Well, I can tell you that you're stunting the growth both professionally and personally for your SDRs by telling them they're, un, uh, they're not allowed to create content. I'm not saying to SDRs, let me be abundantly clear here, you should not go out there and start talking about your company and product online without being clear about what the message is. That's mm -hmm. not what you should be doing. That will get you fired. However, comma, marketing should be able to see something in an SDR or a group of SDRs and start coaching them on how to create content that's breathable, that connects with other people, that they can gravitate towards and say, I want to talk to that person because I saw the video they put out and that mm -hmm. resonated with me. Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, I we actually came up with as, as I was writing Revenue Growth Engine, I just had this epiphany one day as a sales rep, uh, now I'm giving to give away my age now, I carried around a price book, right? A literal binder. Of course, now it's digital. But uh, I mean, it had an inventory of all the different products we had and the prices yeah. and the accessories and all that stuff. And what I, what I began to realize is as sales professionals and marketing professionals, we don't need a product inventory. What we need is an outcomes inventory because mm. buyers don't buy products, they buy outcomes, right? I, I mean, I believe that to my core. And so, you know, if we were able as marketers and SDRs and salespeople to collaborate together and agree on, this is our inventory of outcomes we deliver. These are the business problems we solve. These are the results. These are specific examples of people we've done that for. Mm -hmm. Now it would be really, really easy if someone had that outcomes inventory to open it up and go, I want to talk about that on my you know, blog, on my 
posts, on my video, on, on whatever. And so we could get everybody singing from the same, you know, a same menu of outcomes. And then, then this could happen. Uh, but right now it's kind of the wild west, um, you know, in a it lot of- It has to be right now. Right? No, no, it has to be right now. This is, let's not, let's not beat around it. If you're out there putting content out, saying how awesome things are, you're only fooling yourself. No one is awesome right now. Every company under the sun that is selling something that can easily be placed in the nice to have bucket is struggling to get traction on any messaging, no matter how good it is. Mm -hmm. Because so many budgets are frozen. Because so many people have been furloughed or laid off. Mm -hmm. uh, I, just, I just finished doing research that suggested there's a 57% increase and the reason not connected is person is no longer at the company. And wow. let's, let's be even more frank about that. Most of us sell to sales leadership. Mm -hmm. We sell to C-suite, we sell to executives, we sell to VPs, we sell to enablement, CROs, sales VPs. All these people are being let go. They're being furloughed in, no, in droves. So who are we selling to, mm -hmm. right? Who are we reaching out to? Bounce rates are at an all-time high. But here mm -hmm. we are, everybody's out there creating content, talking about how incredible things are. I, I just disagree with that wholeheartedly. We have to work three times harder to get half the result. Well, I'm still very grateful to be employed. I don't know about you, but I'm very happy about where I am. And I think mm -hmm. that's a mindset that every sales rep struggles to adapt. They have a hard time because they see this, this pattern of growth in front of them and that it's not happening. It doesn't, doesn't come overnight. So SDRs think to themselves, they need, an, they need to become an AE, become noteworthy, then shoot mm -hmm. for being an AE. Mm -hmm right? Become, become a talking point. If you are a personal brand that's complementary to your corporate brand, you have a much better shot at that growth professionally that you're after. Instead of just being that person, like I see SDRs that have been a sales development rep at a company for two, three years. When you look at the content that they put out, there's none of their, none of it is their original thoughts or posts. Mm. They have a couple hundred connections on LinkedIn. They don't have a very large network. They don't have a digital footprint that mm -hmm. makes an impact. Mm -hmm. That becomes very difficult to achieve that professional growth in that instance. Mm -hmm. So again, it's that element of like, where do we draw that line <laughs> to say, I have to focus my time right here. Mm -hmm. And I think the brand is the way to go. And I think marketing and, and sales is being forced together in that in that conversation because of the times that we're dealing with right now. How do you stand out? You stand out by being different and unique and you stand out with meaningful messaging that's clearly tailored. And it's not something that I sent to 10,000 people. There's a place for that. It's not in 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe ever, you know, so as <laughs> that's good. I always love hanging out with you. This is, this is great. I, you know, as we kind of get, we're bumping up to the end of this, uh, this conversation in time here, which it's gone by so fast. It always does. Um, I, you know, I just want to look forward a little bit because this, uh, you know, these podcast episodes always have a lot of shelf life. So it may be the year 2050 and someone may be listening. And someone someone going to send us this and be like, what is this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, seriously though, where, you know, a lot of companies did have to furlough and cut things down. There's going to come a point where they're going to rebuild, you know, and, That's right. and they'll rebuild the SDR team. So 
if you were a company and you know you went through the unfortunate place of having to cut some or all of your SDR team, and now you're thinking about okay, we got to restart. We got to you know we got to ramp back up. Um, yeah. It's time. Um, we have the budget to do it, or we have the need. What would you be thinking? What would be kind of your guiding principles as you are rebuilding an SDR team, kind of restarting, if you will? Yeah. For, for me different? personally, I would look for people that have personalities that can become social personalities, people mm-hmm. that want to make an impact in a large community. I, I don't think that the metric hitter will be around much longer. I think those people will likely have to adopt or fail. And that's just my opinion. But I think that, and and you know what, I'll I'll give you somebody that's highly successful that I talk to all the time that is completely of the opposite opinion. Uh, I don't know if you know Beck Holland. Beck Holland is complete. So Beck Holland at at Chorus, she's incredible. Uh, What a personality. But I'll tell you that she very against quote, building a personal brand. And she'll tell people that reach out to her and are like, I want to do this content with you. She'll be like, I can't do it because I have a job to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. We'll have to have have her on for counterpoint. This will be great. Actually, maybe we'll have both of you on at the same time. We talked to Jim Benton from Chorus a couple weeks ago, by the way. What a a great guy. But yeah, yeah, so, okay. So what would you be thinking? Like how, how would you, if it was... James Buckley's advice for building, rebuilding your SDR team. Yeah, yeah. Another great book, by the way. <laughs> so I, I would definitely look at what someone wants out of the role is much more important than where they're at right now. Because you mm-hmm. can build skills. You can bring on an SDR that has a great personality that came from the bartending background. Mm-hmm. And you can give them skills. In fact, in a lot of cases, I've seen it work really well there because they don't have any bad habits to break. You can give them all the new habits they need. So I would be looking for personality types that gravitate towards others. Uh, mm-hmm. Extroverts are really great SDRs. Introverts have a totally different ICP. You can you can split the personas up the right way. There's a lot of things to consider. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this to a few frontline reps and I'll say it now because I feel like it's a great way to look at how you're interviewing. Everybody has a personality type that they gravitate towards. Yeah. And everyone has one that they tend to avoid. Yep. Right. And because of that, we can look at our hiring and we can say, you know, this person would probably sell really well in the data space because, you know, people that manage data have this type of personality, that type of personality and, this is a good good way to do that. Sorry about the Slack channel. It just goes crazy. Oh, it's uh, all good. When, when you look at it like that, you can hire the other personality types to manage the people that are super extroverts, right? They're influencers at other companies, right? Mm-hmm. These people gravitate towards one another. And that is all about creating that connection. So when you're hiring, awesome. say to yourself, where does this person fit in my buyer persona box? That is a really great insight. And I think that's an interesting, the concept of hiring for personality fit with the different ICPs that you have or the different decision makers and influencers in those ICPs um, and a person that can network and build a relationship. Um, you got me, you got my mind spinning now thinking about that. That's really cool. Both of those people, both of those people matter at your company. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's great. And that's, that's coming from a true introvert that somehow ended up leading a podcast. <laughs> so here we are. Well, 
We have a totally, we have a whole different conversation about introverts and extroverts. <laughs> yeah, that will be another episode. That'll be fun. Well, James, thank you so much for, uh, for uh, I mean, it's always a blast hanging out with you. And I always yeah. learn something. I'm glad the uh, revenue growth community is, uh, if you haven't met James before, you want to connect with him. His his uh, digits will be, well, you heard his digits already on yeah, the podcast. Man, I give it away his, everywhere. <laughs> His social links will be in the uh, in the show notes. But uh, James, man, thank you for uh, all that you do and all that you are. It's it's always a pleasure. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Man, it's been fun. And everyone in the uh, Reven- Revenue Growth Podcast audience, I uh, once again, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude for the support for the Revenue Growth Engine book. Uh, being able to hit bestseller on day one launch is just over the top. I keep just pinching myself. Um, But thank you for that. Thank you for leaving reviews on this podcast. Thank you for sharing it. All of everything that you do, it may may not seem like a big deal, but those reviews, those shares, they help spread the word. And this is an important time right now. We're in a very critical time. It's a, it's a defining moment for many businesses. And, and so I know that, that everyone that's listening in, you're committed to driving, you're committed to thriving, and it's going to be all of us working hard, working smart together that's going to move our economies forward, and that's going to have amazing impact. So thank you for all that you're doing. Keep at it, and until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.